0: In week five of a series called "Created for a Purpose," and uh, you have been created for a purpose and we 've been going over some of the things that you were uh, for which you were created and this morning what we 're going to talk about is the idea that we were created for communion, um, not only with each other, which we talked about the first week, but with god and uh, i don 't know if you 've ever been part of a relationship where Uh, you wanted the relationship to go to the next level, but the person, the other side of the relationship didn't share that, uh, maybe that desire. So maybe you were dating someone, and you think it's going awesome, and you don't think your breath smells, and you think everything's awesome, and you are going, and all of a sudden, you decide to be a little bit vulnerable, and you say, you know, um, maybe we should go steady, or whatever they call it nowadays. Um, and, And the person's like... I'm not feeling that and now I like our friendship or whatever and that that sense of man or maybe you have a, a child and growing up that child you know one and two and three and four and really affectionate and all that and then when they get to 12, 13, 14 they start to begin to distance themselves and you're like man I like now now I can actually understand what you're saying you know like like let's let's go like like Tell me, how was your day? Like, how are you feeling? What? And they're like, ew, you know, and and, and you're trying to figure that out, and you're like, I, I so desperately want that relationship yeah. to be deeper, and they, they, don't, they don't want it. Maybe you've got a friend, and you guys just talk about football or baseball or whatever the thing is, or if it's a, if it's a girlfriend, uh, you guys are talking about whatever, and you're, there's just something in you that says, I want this relationship to go deeper, feel superficial. I want to tell you how I'm feeling. I want to tell you about my past. I want to tell you about some of the mistakes I make. And every time you try to venture into that, they make a joke or they laugh or they kind of, because they, they, for some reason, maybe they're afraid of intimacy or whatever. They just aren't, aren't there, you know. Maybe it's your spouse. And it started out great. You were doing date night. You know, Well, before you were married, it was date night every night. And then you get married, it's date night You know, twice a week. And then, you, you know, after a few times, it's... Why do we need to go on a date? We've got a house. I mean, I just, you know, no. I, anyway, but maybe that's where it's getting. And you're like, man, I want to get back to the fun, to the, I want to, I want to take our relationship to the next level. And, and, and yet, you know, careers get in the way and stuff gets in the way. And, you know, maybe it's your parents, you know, maybe it's the other way. You've, you, your parents are both working now or maybe they're divorced and it's hard to spend time with either one and, and, and you just kind of feel like you're stuck in the middle and every time you go to approach one, you're about to tell them about something and it's a risk for you and you, you're just like, man, I just and they got the paper open or a TV or a, a cell phone or whatever and, and you're just like, man, I, I'm longing for that and you just feel this barrier. If that's ever been you, And I I imagine that in a group like this, if this hasn't happened to you, it will. Uh, You know the heart of God. You can identify with the heart of your Heavenly Father. And if you don't remember anything from this morning, remember this, that God will go as deep as you are willing God will take your relationship with him as deep as you are willing to go, as honest as you're ready to be, as forthright as you're ready to be, as, as vocal. Um, uh, he's ready and he will go there. And so when you are saying, man, I'm going to Sunday morning and I, I get that and that's church and great, but man, shouldn't there be more? He's saying, "Yes, there, yes, there is more. And you step out, and then you begin to conquer some of these things that, you know, the Bible calls sin, just, just a brokenness, or a thing that just doesn't feel right, and you begin to have victory in that, and, and, and then you get this sense of like, oh, but then all in, the, in your mind, you're like, shouldn't there be more? And he's like, there's more. As deep as you're willing to go, I'm ready. What I'd like to do this morning is look into a, a scripture in Revelation revelation is a wacky book it's in the back of the bible and uh it has a lot of uh, what they call apocalyptic writings and there's stuff about uh dragons and uh blood and, and 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 you know kind of just weird things floating around and some people make some money trying to figure that out and then they they look at cnn and then they point to revelation and they're like that's the locust you know and and they write a book or whatever and people buy it and, and I, that's too smart for me i i I'm sure that it's all in there, but I I, I kind of narrow Revelation down to three things, basically. Um, there's a good side and a bad side. One side wins, one side loses, and you should probably be on the side of Jesus, <laughs> okay? So that is complete Revelation. So if you go to t- work tomorrow and they start talking about the bear from the north and the this and then that, you just say, look, all I know is that there's a good side, a bad side, one side wins, one side loses, and... I think we should be on the side of Jesus. So if you if you get that you get revelation, okay? But the cool thing about revelation is it starts out with these seven letters to churches. And remember, uh, in the beginning of this series, we talked about the idea that church just means gathering. It doesn't mean building. It just means gathering. So in the New Testament, when you see the word church, you can insert gathering and you'd be just fine. And so uh, when Paul talks about this church and this church, he's just talking about getting together for the sole purpose of experiencing God through what Jesus did on the cross. That's just a gathering. And that's, that's church. And so the Bible uh, in Revelation it, it talks about this. It's seven letters to seven regions that have gatherings. Okay, and and it uses this weird language. It says to the angel of the church of right. Now, that doesn't mean that every church, every gathering has an angel stationed at Like, it's not like Living Springs there, you know, and then there's an the angel. And you don't see him, but he's just like, these donuts aren't really good. Whatever, I don't know what the angel's doing, but he's zipping around, and he's kind of got you know, corralling everybody, and, you know, you know, shouldn't you put money in the donut jar? And you're like, oh, my gosh, I should put money in the donut jar. Uh, uh, anyway, there's no, no, that isn't what it means. Angel, it just means messenger. Now, there are angels, but... It, it, if I could refine what it's saying, it's talking to a region and it's saying the way you are experiencing God, this is the message it's giving. This is this is the spirit of what's happening. So let me just put it in 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 in, in um, current terms. He would like if, if we were writing Revelation now, God might um, inspire the apostle John to say to the church in South Africa. I see that you are poor and yet you're joyful. Someday you will be rich and joyful. You know, something like that. Right? Uh, to the church in China, I know that you are persecuted and you are hiding, but someday you will come out into the light and you will experience me in a way you wouldn't believe possible. Maybe say something like this. To the church in America, don't laugh. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Like I was just like, he, right? Well, I think this letter is where we can struggle sometimes as people who live in the country we live in. That we can struggle sometimes with having it pretty good. And don't misunderstand me. This isn't a letter to America. What I'm saying is, in your life, if you go back to Revelation and you read those seven letters, you could identify in almost every single one of those regions, going, I could see how that could happen. I could see how that could happen. I could see how that could happen. You might even see in your own life, yep, I was there once, and now I'm here. And so what I love about these seven letters is they really give kind of a seven ways things can go right and seven ways things can go wrong and kind of give you an idea of really the heart of your Heavenly Father. And so we're going to look at the church of Laodicea. And... um, And see what God has to say to the church of Laodicea. And then maybe we can take this to our own. uh, Not only us as a a church. But also take it into this next week. And go are there any places that um, I need to change. Because of that reading that letter. And just to remind you. Even though I, I, I made a joke about Revelation being wacky. It starts out with, blessed are you who read this book. So that doesn't mean it can be dismissed, okay? So I didn't mean to uh, dismiss the book. It's, in, it's an important book, okay? So here's what he says. Revelation 3, 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write. Now, this was written by the apostle John who wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Why we couldn't come up with more creative names for the books, I have no idea, but that's who wrote it. He wrote this on an island, okay? And so, so he, basically what he's writing is what, he's, what he feels he's hearing from God and what we believe he heard from God. And so this is, what, um, uh, this is what was given to him. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, "'These are the words of the, of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation.'" I just just to stop there, I love this language about Jesus. I just love the fact that he's called. These are the words of the amen. You know, the so be it. You know, that is, that's language about Jesus, the faithful and true witness and ruler of God's creation. Here's what he says. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one. Isn't that fascinating to you? That he, he, that he would even say, I mean, wouldn't he just, why didn't he just say the one? Like, I wish you were hot or whatever the good one is. I wish you were that. But he, 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 he divides it. He says, I wish you were just one or the other. Why would he do that? Because I believe that if I'm lukewarm but I'm trending hot, that should be good. <laughs> right? I mean, it's not so much about the destination, it's the journey, right? I preach this all the time, right? But isn't it, well, should, hey, okay, I'm lukewarm now, but I'm turning the dial, and it's getting hotter, and, you know, let's not. But God, God just comes right out and says it and says, like, man, it's almost like this, either defiance or repentance, but not indifference. Okay, either defiance or repentance, but not indifference. And here's what I think is happening, and I think, I think the rest of the scripture shows this a little bit. That when you come face to face with the living God, when you begin to understand who God really is, how much he loves you, how much he really knows what's going on in your life, and how much he knows what is the potential of what you can achieve in him is, and what righteousness looks like and all that, when you come face to face with that, you either, you gotta, it's either one or the other. It's like this, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a movie that you just loved, you changed your life. I mean, you just saw it and maybe you're into art and you just, the writing, the acting, the cinematography, like you're into that, you just watch this movie and you're just like, Oh, like, like it's just rich and deep in me, like like Lethal Weapon, okay? That would be like my, kind of my, you know, wow, I see what you're trying to do there. You know what I mean? No, no, you get to a smart movie and you're, you're, and you just, you're, just, you're just changed or maybe a piece of art or, or a piece of, uh, uh, some a work of music and you just, it just resonates with you and you're like, hey, check this out. You got some music on and you like take the headphones, you put it on there and, and they're like, hmm. And you're like, how, how? can you? Like, I'm that way with jazz. Like I love jazz, and I'll, I, someone will listen to it. And like Ugh. I'm like, well, at least hate it or love it, but don't just say "uh." Like that's it, it's God, it's great. You know, you know what I mean. This is kind of like when you when you come and get a glimpse of the living God. Maybe it's defiance or repentance, but it, it, it can't be indifference. And so this is the idea that God is trying to give. I know your deeds. I wish, I wish you were one or the other. Because if you're not one or the other, you must not have understood exactly what's happening right now. And so then he goes into this language. He says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, and then he says this, um, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. First, ew, okay like, what is that all about? God, like, and the imagery here, um, I went to, uh, went to this fancy, um, conference one time, they had this, like, really fancy reception where you get dressed up, you wear a tie and everything, and so, you show up to that, and, you know, if you're on a business trip, you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, just get me to the food, okay, and so, um, so they had the, the you know, the, the servers go around with a little, like, napkin around their arm. And they got this tray of hors d'oeuvres. And so um, I'm, like, hunting them down, you know, like, I'm prowling around the thing. And I see, um, I had this one skewer that had this awesome meat on it. I don't know what the meat was, but it was meat. So, hey, whatever. And so, um, and then I saw this little golden flaky crusted, like, wonderful little nugget. And it looked awesome it looked fantastic and so what I did I don't know if you're like me but like I don't want to just like go walk up to the I so I try to do the end around where they'd like come by me so I'd be like surprised like oh wow a flaky golden nugget no I'll take one and so I'd I'd like I'd like kind of work my way around and every time I finally got around they were gone and I'm like oh and so then I'd stand by the front door where they're like the, the swinging doors where they're like coming out and I'd be like come on flaky no no no, I finally got one of these flaky golden, Oh, it was awesome. And I took a bite and I was like, this ain't, this ain't happening. <laughs> like instead of a great in some meat thing or whatever, it was like veggie paste. And, it, and the texture was wrong. Everything was wrong. <laughs> like it was wrong. Like it, it was a lie. The whole thing was a lie. You present yourself as this like flaky, crusted gold, this beautiful thing. And inside this veggie, veggie paste. And so I'm there and I have it in my mouth and I'm, I'm thinking this ain't, I can't muscle this down. Like I'm stuck. Now, when I was seven, I just spit it into my milk. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Like you didn't like, ew, that's disgusting. I'd never do that. Yeah. Right. Your milk's about that thick full of broccoli, okay? I, trust me, right? And my dog wasn't there because I would have been like, hey, little buddy, you know, and gave it to the dog. N- nothing there. So I'm thinking to myself, it's not, it's not going, this ain't happening. It's not going down. So it's going in the napkin, right? I had a napkin and I had it, you know, I, you know how it goes? You're just like, <clears throat> you know, doing that kind of thing. And we all know it because we've all seen each other do it and go, It's going in the napkin. You know what I mean? And so, and the other thing is I had this look on my face. My wife will attest. I can't hide displeasure. And so, um, and so I'm just like, it was like I'd seen an accident or something. I just, "Mm, mm, so sad, you know, all the the veggie paste and all the bodies. It's like that same feeling. I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. And so it, 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 it went into the napkin and, uh, I, uh, and it was a cloth napkin, too, but I couldn't just throw it away. Uh, hey, again, I just bare my soul every Sunday, okay? <laughs> but that's what that's talking about. <laughs> God says, listen, you've got so much potential as a church, as a people. It's just I can't stomach it when it's just not the inside is veggie paste, like, I, I, it's got to come out. And this word, this word, spit, really means to vomit. It's like, it makes me kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. Is kind of what the language is. He says, man, you're neither hot nor cold. You just, I don't think you've seen this yet. I, I, it's just, it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't sit well. I can't just swallow it. I, it it's just not right. And this is what your heavenly father is saying to you and to I. Like, like, and the, the, the thing I love about God, and we'll see this in just a little bit, is this isn't judgmental language. This is just, it's just a discomfort. It's not, it's not right. And so why would he do that? Why would he, why, why, why not just go? I mean, who really cares if he's God and he's holy and he's righteous and he's all, all this kind of stuff. Why would he care what I think? If I'm if I'm just kind of indifferent, or I'm not, I'm not experiencing God in like the fullest way. Like, wh- like, is he insecure? Is he like? Wh- what's the deal? Well, he he adds to this. It's not like I'm going to spit you out of your mouth, out of my mouth, because you disgust me and I won't have anything to do with you. It's just like it's just not. It's not right. It doesn't sit well. And so he goes on. He says, "Here's the problem. You say I'm rich." I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. I don't know if you've ever dealt with kids or, you know, you know I, I, sometimes we talk about being in a position that's a little higher elevated, you know, viewing the situation from 40,000 feet where you kind of get to see the whole thing, and if you've ever seen a young man or a young woman begin to make decisions, and you can see it way before they can, and you're like, oh, no, don't don't do that. That friend is bad. That is wrong. It's not going to end well for you. And they're like, whatever. This is what he's saying. He's like, you, you think you're, you think this is going to help. You think your career, like if you get raised after raise after raise, you think that that's going to make you valuable. And he goes on, he says, This, but you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Remember, last week we talked about we were persecuted, mercy giving, you know, it's like all this these wonderful words of like, boy, I don't know if I want to be a follower of Jesus. This is terrible. He says, You don't realize the need. And you don't realize how I could fill that need, but what you're doing is just not. You think it's working for you, you think it's great, you think everything's going well, but. Man, you're missing it. You're missing so much of it. And yet, you're kind of arrogant in it. And this has happened before with God. And this was the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, he sent a, a, a prophet named Jeremiah who said almost the exact same thing. We'll just go there for a second. Jeremiah's trying to wrap his head around it. He says, has a nation ever changed its gods like like, like." Kind of that same idea of the message and the messenger. Yet, they're not gods at all, he says. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. It's that same language of you think you're rich, but you're poor. You think everything's going fine, but it's not. He goes on, he says... And then, and then he talks to people who see this, the heavens, they tell, you know, kind of viewing it from 40,000 feet. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder in horror, declares the Lord. And he just sums it up right here. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. God comes and he says, you guys, man, hot or cold, but... If you're going to go for it, go for it. And here's what he says. Well, what do we do? He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. When I was, uh, lived in New Jersey as a little kid, we had this one little patio area, and the, you know, we covered it with rocks, You know, these little rocks, white rocks. and uh, Inside the rocks were these little gold flakes, And um, um, I think it's for Micah, but I I can't remember what it was. And so I would take a a little hammer and I'd, I'd tap on them and then like mine for these golden flakes and I'd get like a little pile of them. And so I'd work, like, during the day, you know, and we had big rocks on our property, and so I'd take the, the little rock, I'd put it on the big rock, and i tap, 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 real carefully because you, you, you don't want to just crush the golden flakes, okay, right? And so you get, and I'd get a little pile of them, and I thought they were the coolest thing. And then my parents said, that's fool's gold. <laughs> and I'm like, you're fool's gold. <laughs> like, I loved that. I had little bags of it and everything. Right? Doesn't that represent... Me, when I try to make a career or a relationship or whatever, and God's going, you know, you can trade that in for real gold. I don't know if you knew that. You could take all that work and labor and these little piles and all these little things, and you can, you can trade that in. This is what God is saying. He, that there's a, another perspective, another way to experience God that's rich, that the, the poverty and the nakedness and all that, Can go away, and a lot of us have experienced that in different areas of our lives, where we found ourselves pursuing something and working and working and working, work ourselves to the bone, and we realize this is nothing. I lost my family, I lost my kids, I lost whatever. And your heavenly Father is there, going, "I'll buy that off you. Why don't you? Why don't I change it? Come over here." So that's what he's saying. And then he says this really sweet words. He says, those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I hate that. <laughs> you know, I, why not those you love, you give precious and wonderful gifts that I say you should give me. Because he loves, he loves us. And the truth is difficult sometimes. And he's like, man, I just, I can't, I can't stomach this back and forth. I just go for it. I got everything you need. So here's the, here's the imagery that God uses, like from God's perspective, here's the imagery he uses of trying to get our attention, okay? He says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Now, if you've been a Christian for a long time, or maybe you're not a Christian, and you've seen this verse on a big billboard or something, and, and, or maybe even someone at work has come up to you and said, you know... Um, I know you don't believe in God and everything, but you know, God stands at the door of your heart and he knocks, Uh, and so you should open the door to him and all this kind of stuff. And there's a part of that that, that's true, but you can just turn to that person and say, that wasn't written for me, that was written for you, right? Because this is written to the church. That in fact, weirdly enough, it's possible for us to shut the door on Jesus, Now, this is from God's perspective, and he's speaking to us as as followers of God. That there's a way somehow, I don't know how, but we can just kind of close him off. I remember when I first, I, I, I accepted Jesus about 15 times in my life, okay? But I remember the time it stuck, Or it was the time before the time it stuck. I can't remember. They get confusing. But it it was around my freshman year in college, uh, maybe my senior year in high school. And I just remember when I finally, the lights just turned on. And I just said, I'm surrendering it all to you. And the door was just swung open. And just that sense of God going through and going, wow, you really struggle with jealousy. And me going, I know, I know, I I, just the door is open. He could come in and go out at, at any time. And so we spend this time, and he's going from room to room, and he's, he's, he's fixing this and going, and it's hard, and it's, but joyful, because I was, I was getting rid of the clutter and all this kind of stuff. And then after a while, it was like looking around, I'm like, that's pretty good. And so I begin to just kind I of, got, I got this. I got this. And so, you know, you can imagine it from Jesus' perspective where, you know, he's all of a sudden the door is closed. <laughs> and he's like, what's this? You know, the, the door wasn't closed when you, were, when you were looking for employment and then you got a job and now the door closed. That's weird. Well, you're trying to wonder what school to get in. The door was wide open. Can like, We talked about this. You went into, uh, and then you got involved with that sorority. And then I, oh, the door closed. I don't know what this is. So he puts his... You're up to the door. <laughs> you know, like, that sounds like there's a party in there. Yeah. And so there he is at the door, like, what a trip. So What are you going to do? Knock. I don't know if you're like me. Knocks at my front door do not excite me at all. <laughs> like, that just sound. that just, like, uh, like, if the door, someone knocks at the door, it's like, ugh. Because here's the thing. It's either a sales call, which means they want something from me, and I have to figure out the fastest way without slamming the door in their face to say, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm English, uh-uh, no, whatever, however, just figure it out, okay, and then so it's, it's, it's either that, okay, or it's like, um, it, maybe it's even somebody I know, okay, but, but the house is a mess, you know? Like, have you ever opened the door and the first thing you say is, I'm sorry? <laughs> like, because, you know, the, you know, I'm so, the underwear isn't normally on the TV, but our dryer broke. Or we're trying to hang everything off. You know, it's like, it's like you're scrambling around to try and, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just, that's just what it's like. And, you know, maybe it's a package being delivered or something good or what have you. But it's, it's like, it's like being on the other side of that door is tough because you're kind of there and, Being with Jesus knocking at the door, that's sometimes our thing. Like, is this a sales call? Do you want something from me, Jesus? And he's desperately trying to tell you, I want something for you, not from you. Open the door. Or maybe it's a thing of shame. Maybe the front, maybe you had just gone through a bunch of years of cleaning everything up and you're afraid if I open that door, he's going to go, what did you do to the place? (laughs) These colors are horrible. You know, I don't know. And you're just like, I don't want to open it up. And he's not there to shame you. He's there to go, hey, let's, this is is part of the process. But isn't it weird that we can actually shut the door to Jesus? Here's what he says. If you can get past it, and get the courage to open the door back again, here's what awaits you, okay? So if the house is a mess, if you've let it go and, and, and you feel like, I can't, I can't do this anymore, you know, and, and you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to open the door, or you're like, you know what, Lord, if you want everything from me, I don't care. If it is a sales call and you want all my stuff, I, I got I to, gotta, I gotta, my next step has to be with you, okay? I can't do this anymore. Here's what awaits you. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Do you know what happens when you open the door? Communion happens. That there's a sense of God just sitting down and going, okay, let's go over some of this stuff. And he will tell you the truth. He will say, yes, the house house is a mess. And here's what we're going to have to do to get it cleaned up. Or he might say something to the effect of like, yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was out there, and 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 and, and yeah, I know that you've got this thing going, but it's we got to get this back right again. And so that conversation happens, and maybe maybe the meal is something like, you know, yeah, Lord, I please forgive me. I I I want to I want to have every door, window, however, you want to pair, you want to come down the chimney like Santa Claus, I'll open the thing, i just, however, I just want you to be able to come in whenever you want so that we can have this communion. As Adra comes back up, we're going to have that communion now uh, together as a, as a gathering. And, and basically what this is, uh, Jesus had communion or, or brought this, instituted this during the Passover and, and what, um, the Passover represented the people of Israel coming out of Egypt into relationship with God, okay? And so they celebrated this every year. What Jesus did at communion is he said, we're going we're to change it a little bit. And now I'm going to be this sacrificial lamb that brings you into relationship with your heavenly father who will guide you and lead you. And so what he did was on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread that they would have in a Passover meal and he broke it and he blessed it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Take it and eat it. And then he took the cup that was there. And he, in the same way, he took that and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood, which has been poured out for the remission of sin. And then in, the, in, the, in later on in uh, Corinthians, it talks about uh, us having this meal together—that that it's that it happens together—and it's a uh, in some places it was a meal, in other places. But this thing came back to the same thing. This is a tactile way to 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 get in touch with the idea that our heavenly Father wants to have a meal with us, and do business with us, and talk to us, and commune with us. And so here's what I'd encourage you to do: as the ushers come forward, and they'll take the communion to either side. And so they'll be busy getting that ready. I'd like you to think about what this might look like in your own life. Maybe this communion is the meal you have with God right now to go, God, there have been some places in my life that have been shut to you. And, and I just, as I take communion, I want to open them up. And again, we, we allow everybody who's ready to, um, experience that connection with the bread and the wine. We, we invite you to come. Uh, if you're not ready to experience that, if you're like, you know what, this is just a little bit too heavy for me, that's fine as well. It's what Rihanna talked about. You can belong before you believe, um, but our goal is that you'd be changed. And so, um, and so that might be your thing. You just, you just want to really feel it and just go, God, this is, my, this is my communion with you. And I just, I want all the doors of my life to be open to you. Maybe God has spoken to you in a certain area. Maybe he's allowed in the front door and you can go in the kitchen or whatever. But there's a closet, man. If you think, if he, you know, you, you never have him use that other bathroom because he walks by that. You just use, this is your, you know, you just, this section's off limits. And maybe it's time to go, I got get to that, get, get that dealt with. And so you, you allow him into that. Maybe communion for you right now is a time where you just go, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Uh, you can come up afterwards and, and kneel or you can bring your communion to the to the stage here and kneel. You can bring it back to your chair. But um, I I would pray that this would be a communion with God that we would do as a gathering. And God would speak to us in many different ways. Let me pray for us. Lord God, heavy language this morning. Um, um, truth is heavy and. Uh, Lord, almost every area of our life where we want to take better steps, the language is heavy, whether it be our um, diet or exercise or finances or whatever. But, Lord, this one we cannot miss, the heavy language of our soul. So, Lord, as we take communion together, um, we pray that we would hear your voice and we would get a touch of your spirit. And those who choose not to take communion, I pray that you would speak to them as well. They would sense your presence. So we invite you in, we open the door, we fling it open in Jesus' name.